Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 413. It is Monday, August 9th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and Exchange Admins Patch Now. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Happy Monday, everyone. Hope you made it through the weekend without any major issues. You're alive and well on a Monday and ready to ready for a, a whole new week of opportunities and potential and growth and all that good stuff, right? We appreciate you. We appreciate you tuning in this morning. We know you have better things to do, but uh, you're here, and we appreciate that. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be great. Really appreciate it. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type get HIPAA compliance into the search, join the group. Also, if you're in a business at all, don't care what business it is, you could go to facebook.com slash groups slash Main Street Networking and join that group. You'll find that it'll be helpful to you. And uh, let's jump into the news. Let's get this week started off with a bang. First up on the CISA's website, U.S. CISA, that is, Avanti releases security update for Pulse Connect Secure. Avanti has released Pulse Connect Secure system software version 9.1 R12 to address multiple vulnerabilities an attacker could exploit to take control of an affected system. You should review security advisory SA44858 immediately, um, as we've seen with these VPN uh software and hardware there's a lot of vulnerabilities out there that the attackers do not waste time on so get it taken care of on threat post amazon kindle vulnerable to malicious ebooks uh really should not come as a surprise because a lot of times ebooks are in pdf but also epub um i know there's a few different formats for for um ebooks but pdfs are always vulnerable so it shouldn't really come as or i shouldn't say they're always vulnerable they're always a potential attack vector um and one that's commonly used prior to a patch a serious bug could have allowed attackers to take over kindles and steal personal data security flaw on amazon's kindle e-reader made it vulnerable to malicious ebooks opening the door to turning the devices into bots compromising personal information and more that's according to Checkpoint researcher Slava Makaviv, who released the findings Friday. Checkpoint disclosed the bug to Amazon in February, and it was fixed in April. Amazon released patched firmware to be automatically installed on every Kindle connected to the Internet. It's unclear if the bug was exploited prior to the patch, but crisis appears to have been avoided. Any serious attack would have, ta- would have affected tens of millions of Kindle users across the globe. Antivirus protections do not have signatures for ebooks. McAviv wrote in a malicious ebook can be a malicious ebook can be published and made available for free access in any virtual library, including the Kindle Store, via the self-publishing service, or sent directly to the end user via the Amazon Send to Kindle service. So the the Anatomy Malicious Ebook, the Checkpoint team was able to create a proof of concept malicious ebook that once it was opened on a Kindle would have executed a hidden code with root rights, the report explained. From this moment on, you can assume that you have lost control of your e-reader, 
McAvee warned. If a victim clicked on a malicious ebook, it connected to a remote server and locked the user's screen. Checkpoint explained the malware developed by Checkpoint then gained root access, giving the attacker total control of the Kindle, including access to the user's Amazon account, cookies, and device, devices' private keys. Worse yet, the Kindle bug allowed threat actors to target victims by specific regions, log languages, and more. So that's kind of scary. Um, as an ebook, as a Kindle user myself, um, you know, I don't just everything I get is through the Amazon store. But the fact that they could have you know, uploaded as self-published, a little, a little concerning. Um, but it looks like the issue has been addressed. So good for them. And I haven't added any books in a while, anyway. Threat post, Zoom settlement, and $85 million business case for security investment. Investment, Zoom security, uh, Zoom security lesson over end-to-end -end encryption shows the cost of playing cybersecurity catch-up, which is what they did, you know, when COVID started uh, taking over the world. Ransomware isn't the only way lack security can cost the business eight figures and damage. Zoom just lost an $85 million class action lawsuit this week for its cybersecurity missteps, proving that even the most essential and relied upon brands can be tripped up by inadequate security. More importantly, Zoom's journey is an object lesson showing that cybersecurity matters to the bottom line. This large Zoom settlement should be a wake-up call to not only all software and service providers, but also for enterprises that use them. Emil Sayi, president and CEO of Netirety explained to ThreatPost, the only answer is a comprehensive security posture. No one could have possibly predicted how quickly Zoom would become the go-to way to do business in pandemic-plagued economy. For context, on March 15, 2020, the day stay-at-home orders started to snowball across the globe. Almost 600,000 users downloaded the app. In 2020, the Zoom reported a 326% spike in sales, and Zoom CEO Eric Yon announced last March the company is still participating or anticipating a 40% increase in sales in 2021. And that's probably um, a low ball estimate because in some cases work from home is now permanent and in some cases work from home is now being um, extended or offered again as COVID has started to surge again. Um, so long story short, Zoom had some security well, they called it missteps, so we'll stick with that theme, missteps, in which they um, eventually caught up to, you know, over 2020, and um, they got sued, class action lawsuit, where they have to pay $85 million, uh, which equates to, which will amount to anywhere from 15 for unsubscribed users to 25 for those with subscriptions, so you're going to get $25 maybe. Um so it's a drop in a bucket for the average user, but it's a significant chunk of change for Zoom. It does not say how much they made last year, so I would be curious. I'm sure they made significantly more than $85 million. So, Australian government warns of escalating lockbit ransomware attacks. Uh, bleepy computer. I don't normally share other countries' news, but I am seeing chatter in some of the IT forums I belong to of lockbit 2.0 being a problem. So the Australian Cybersecurity Center warns of an increase of LockBit 2.0 ransomware attacks against Australian organizations starting in July. It 
ACSC, which is short for Australian Cybersecurity Center, has observed an increase in reporting of LockBit 2.0 ransomware incidents in Australia. Australia's cybersecurity agency said in a security alert issued on Thursday. According to the agency, LockBit victims also report threats of having data stolen during the attacks leaked online, a known and popular tactic among ransomware gangs to coerce their t- targets into paying the ransoms. An increasing number of attacks since July, the majority of victims known to the ACSC have been reported after July 2021, indicating a sharp and significant increase in domestic victims in comparison to other tracked ransomware variants. Maybe they're trying to catch up because there was, I forget who it was. Um, I, f- I forget who it was now, but they were not the top ransomware attacker for, for the first half of this year. So maybe they're trying to catch up. So here's some mitigation steps to prevent against lock bits, tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs, enabling multi-factor authentication. Again, this should be a no-brainer. Encrypting sensitive data at rest to block exfiltration of sensitive information. Segmenting corporate. So that's a, so let's touch on that for a moment. So I get asked this question a lot. So yes, it makes sense to encrypt the laptop. It makes sense to encrypt your phone because they're mobile and can be stolen easily. But why encrypt servers and desktops when they're not as easily stolen? Well, first of all, yes, they do get stolen, just not as often as laptops and mobile devices for obvious reasons. But here's another perfect reason. If you encrypt data at rest, when it's encrypted, it's already, when it's, I'm sorry, when it's exfiltrated, it gets encrypted. Segmenting corporate networks and restricting admin privileges, again, common sense stuff. Maintaining daily backups to reduce successful attacks impact, and I'll add to that, make sure those backups still exist. Patching internet-facing Fortinet devices, so it looks like they're using the Fortinet vulnerabilities to get through. So if you're using Fortinet, you probably are a target of LockBit 2.0. I think we may have talked about that last week, too. Computer hardware giant Gigabyte hit by ransomware, EXX ransomware. Also on Bleepy Computer, Taiwanese motherboard maker Gigabyte has been hit by the ransomware EXX ransomware gang who threatened to publish 112 gigs of stolen data unless a ransom is paid. Gigabyte is best known for its motherboards but also manufactures other computer components and hardware such as graphics cards, data center servers, laptops, and monitors. The attack occurred late late Tuesday night into Wednesday last week and forced the company to shut down systems in Taiwan. The incident also affected multiple websites of the company including its support site and portions of the Taiwanese website. Customers have also reported issues accessing support documents or receiving updated information about RMAs, which is likely due to the ransomware attack. So it makes sense, right? Um, While Gigabyte has not officially stated the ransomware operation performed the attack, Bleepy Computer has learned it was conducted by ransomware EXX. When the ransomware EXX operators encrypt a network, they will create ransom notes on each encrypted device. And so the... Um, gigabyte. I'm sorry, Bleepy Computer got a a sample of one of the ransom notes, so it looks like it was ransomware ex or ransom exx. Uh, no indication. Is there an indication? Does not say how much they're looking for. There is a sample of the ransomware note, but it does not say. I don't see where it asks for a specific amount. It does say that they want something, but doesn't say how much on the ransomware note. So if you have gigabyte hardware and you're looking for answers, you're probably not going to get it right away. 
Microsoft Exchange Service scanned for proxy shell vulnerability patch now. These patches have been out for a few months now, so if you haven't done so, you need to do it. This is also bleeping computers. Threat actors are now actively scanning for Microsoft Exchange proxy shell remote code execution vulnerabilities after technical details were released at the Black Hat conference. Before we get to the active scanning of these vulnerabilities, it's important to understand how they have been disclosed. Proxy Shell is the name of three vulnerabilities that perform unauthenticated remote code execution on Microsoft Exchange servers when chained together. These chained vulnerabilities are exploited remotely through Microsoft Exchange Client Access Service running on port 443 in IIS. The three chained vulnerabilities used in Proxy Shell attacks are CVE 2021-34473 pre-auth path confusion leads to ACL bypass, which was patched in April. CVE 2021-34523 elevation of privilege on Exchange PowerShell backend, also patched in April. And CVE 2021-31207 post-auth arbitrary filed write leads to remote code execution, which was patched in May. So you've had almost three months to patch all of these now. Um... This should be done already. Strangely, while both CVE 2021-34473 and 34523 were first disclosed in July, they were actually quietly patched in April's Microsoft Exchange KB5001779. So KB5001779. Cumulative update. The vulnerabilities were discovered by DevCore Principal Security Researcher Orange Sai, whose team received a $200,000 prize for the use in April's Pawn to Own 2021 Hacking Contest. On Thursday, last week, Orange Side gave a black hat talk about recent Microsoft Exchange vulnerabilities he discovered when targeting the Microsoft Exchange Client Access Service attack surface. As part of the talk, Sai explained that one of the components of the proxy shell attack chain targets the Microsoft Exchange Auto Discover Service. Microsoft introduced the Auto Discover Service to provide an easy way for email client software to auto-configure itself with minimal input from the user. So try to make life easier, and it made it easier for attackers as well. Isn't that how it always works? After watching Orange Size talk, security researchers Peter, J- Peter Jason and Jang published an article providing technical information about how they could successfully reproduce the proxy shell exploit. This week, security researcher Kevin Beaumont tweeted that a threat actor was probing his Microsoft Exchange honeypot against the server's auto-discover service. So there you have it. It's actively being exploited. If you have not patched, patch now. And we do have some HIPAA news. Quite a bit, actually. So let's jump into it. Irving, Texas-based NCH Corp., an international marketer of maintenance products, has reported a suspected ransomware attack. Suspicious activity was detected within its systems on March 5th, which is more than 60 days ago, that caused certain systems in its network to become unavailable. Steps were taken to block further unauthorized access and restored systems. The investigation revealed the attackers had access to certain parts of its network between March 2nd and March 5th, and during that time there was an unauthorized access to certain files stored on its file servers. It was not possible to tell which files had been accessed, so notifications had been sent to all individuals whose information was potentially compromised. Review of the files was completed on June 29th, so they're going to say that was the delay. The files contained the names of certain current and former employees and their dependents, along with social security numbers and driver's license numbers. Notification letters were sent on July 29th, and this apparently impacts 11,427 people. 
A vendor used by Renaissance Life and Health Insurance Company has suffered a ransomware attack in which the protected health information of some of its members was potentially compromised. Renaissance Life and Health Insurance used Secure, Administration, Secure Administrative Solutions, SAS, for claims processing services. SAS detected the unusual activity within its IT system on April 15th and immediately launched an investigation. On May 25th, SAS learned that a limited amount of data may have been exfiltrated from its systems, including names, addresses, social security numbers, and agent license numbers. The attackers had access to its IT systems between March 15th and April 15th, while SAS did not specify the nature of the attack. In its breach notifications, Renaissance Life and Health said ransomware was involved, and SAS had received assurances that data exfiltrated in the attack had been destroyed by the attacker, suggesting the ransomware may have been paid. SAS said it's a notification letter that data was restored from clean backups. Uh, don't see a number on this, but that's not good because it sounds like they paid. Synergic Healthcare Solutions has notified 558 individuals about the potential theft of protected health information by a former employee of Tampa General Urgent Care. The breach occurred on September 9th, 2020, when a former employee of Tampa General Urgent Care is alleged to have photographed patient information at TGH Urgent Care's facility in Seminole, Florida, which is part with Tampa General Hospital. The breach was discovered on November 6th. So I'm not sure why it took this long to report, but former employee has been accused of taking photographs of patients' driver's license and credit card details, while the former employee is only believed to have taken photographs of the information of three patients. The decision was taken to notify all 558 patients whose charts had been accessed by the employees. Employee, I should say. One employee. North, uh, Southwest Nebraska Public Health Department, SNPHD, has notified 13,500 individuals, individuals about the exposure of COVID-19 vaccine information over the Internet, which seems to be happening an awful lot. On May 18th, SNPHD was made aware that the data had been exposed on the NS, uh, SNPHD website. The information accessible on the website was limited to name, address, county, date of birth, date of vaccination, vaccination type, and race and gender. SNPHD contacted its web hosting company, which confirmed that only one individual had access to data. SNPHD confirmed that the individual has worked closely with the SNPHD and believes there is no cause for concern related to the file being accessed. However, individuals affected have been notified out of an abundance of caution. On January 10, 2021, Gastroenterology Consultants PA suffered a ransomware attack that resulted in the encryption of sensitive data. Yesterday, notifications were sent to patients potentially affected by the attack six months later, more than six months, seven months almost, to inform them that their protected health information may have been accessed or compromised in the attack. Gastroenterology Consultants, the largest partnership GI practice in Houston, launched an investigation into the attack and took steps to remove the attackers from its network and restore affected data. A substitute breach notification was uploaded to the company website on March 19th, advising patients about the attack. No evidence was found to indicate any patient data was accessed by the attacker or exfiltrated in the attack. Attacks such as this typically warrant breach notification letters as, the, as while evidence of data theft may not be found, it is possible, it is not possible to rule out unauthorized access to PHI with high degree of certainty. In this case, rather, or in this case, I don't know, this is poorly written. 
Rather than identify the individual patients affected by the attack, the decision was taken to notify all patients whose PHI was potentially compromised. The breach report submitted to the Maine Attorney General indicates 162,163 breach notifications have been sent. Um, so I don't know if that's, you know, I don't know if you want to call that being lazy, not, not wanting to investigate, or they just couldn't determine the extent of the damage. I don't really know, but there you have it, 162, almost, yeah, 162,000 patients potentially um, had their information breached, their PHI, I should say. And that is going to do it for the Monday edition, so until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.